Hello, this is Les Goldberg, and welcome to The Road Ahead. The Road Ahead podcast is dedicated to the future of the live events business, bringing together industry experts. So welcome to a special episode of The Road Ahead podcast. I'm Dave John, and I'm sitting in for our host today. We have a special guest in the studio who is celebrating the 37th anniversary of starting his company. Please welcome Les Goldberg. <laughs> Hello, Dave. And normally I would be doing the podcast, but I think it's great that now you're doing the podcast because this is our anniversary. Yeah. Hey, Les, thanks for being a good sport about it, man. Um, letting us take over your podcast. 37 years. It's a long time. It is 3.7 decades, which seems like <laughs> a lot of time. You know, I, actually, I was looking at it uh, today, too. This is episode number 37 of your podcast, and it's the same day as your 37th anniversary. And I just thought that's, that's kind of crazy, right? I mean, that's all these things that happen. I, I love to see that when things in life like kind of line up. So, um, well, Les, so... You've always told me, you said, it's important that we reflect back on things. You know, when we have a, a good show or a bad show, what did we learn along the way? So today it's time for you to reflect back on your journey. Um, 1984, right? 17 years old. How did this get started? Well, it's um, in the Wayback Clock. When I go in the Wayback Clock, I kind of think about life in 1984 and I think about being a high school kid and, and finding a passion for what you do and uh, stumbling on uh, something that I found to be my life's work. And, uh, you know, one of the things that they do or they should do in every school back then they did with me is they asked me to take one of those tests and, and what, what you'd be good at. And I took one and, and my test said television broadcast, which uh, is very close to kind of the work I do every day. So uh, fortunately, the test was right. Uh, but w when I kind of think back to 1984 and, and the journey to today, I can only sit here in awe and not realizing the, the hills, the valleys, the journey. And, uh, you know, sometimes when you go through an experience, you know, you're better off because you've lived through it. And uh, it just seems like uh, so long ago, 37 years ago, I think gas was like, you know, 30 cents a gallon or something. And, uh, you know, but I will tell you that um, there, I started in 1984 with an unfettered enthusiasm for this business and to do the kind of work and, and something that brought me happiness. And, and, I, and I thought uh, I've had such a fortunate background and uh, for those of you who don't know, I worked for a guy named Les, and he was about 350 pounds, and they used to call him Big Les. And uh, then, of course, they called me Little Les. And uh, that was my high school journey. And also, in my senior year of high school, I think um, I only went to the uh, one semester because I had enough credits to graduate. And the, the semester I went to, I had traveled for 23 days out filming and doing production. And I remember meeting with the principal who told me um, that they're going to let me graduate because they thought I got more experience, life experience, 
doing what I was doing than I would have at school. So uh, I, I, I give kudos to the principal for that decision. But uh, he's also the principal who told me that I was going to donate a million dollars to the school, which I don't think was really the realistic possibility. That hasn't happened yet, right? But Not yet, no. So, so how, how would you say that you have changed since 1984? Because one of the things that we talk about when we describe you here is that you still have the energy of a 17-year-old. And sometimes that's a benefit here, and sometimes we have to reel it back in. But how would you say you have changed? You know, uh, you don't know what you don't know. And sometimes not knowing uh, lets you go down paths and, and, and destinations that you may not have, have tried had you known this was not such a great idea. And I think through trial and error, and, and I think uh, it's no different than touching a hot stove. You do that once and you learn you're not going to do that again. Uh, I think, um, you know, you, your life is, a, is a, a combination of all of your experiences that you have gained. And if we speak towards the business career that I've had, um, I've had a lot of different experiences that have helped shape and help allow us to grow our business. I've sat through easily 5,000 motivational speeches and, uh, you know, and, and trying to understand and learn. So there, you know, you're learning every day, but, but the, the motivation for anyone and me internally is to want to be great at something and to want to do great work. And I think the motivation far exceeded any monetary rewards. And so for, for Les Goldberg, it's about doing the best work. It's about conquering the world. It's about growing and it's about having fun. And if you could do all of those things and find an industry that you love, then you've got a magic formula. And I think I am a very fortunate person. By the way, if I don't take a note, today is my mom's 84th birthday. So it's St. Patty's Day. She's always happy that everyone celebrates her birthday. <laughs> I did not know that that was the same day. That's pretty awesome. You know, um, you talk about uh, in, your, in your first book, you wrote, there's a chapter where you say average is unacceptable. And I, I love that because... It, it seems like you're always striving to improve. So what are some things that you like had to learn on this journey? You know, there's, there's show and there's biz. Okay. So on the show side, you have to learn how to use the equipment, the protocol, what to say when you're meeting with customers and what not to say and, and uh, how to communicate how things work technically. By, uh, luckily I'm very technically inclined. Um, uh, but but the business part of it, uh, there's no operator's manual for, for the business. And to understand everything from the local jurisdiction laws to how to run a business and how to, how to deal with employees and how to have uh, the proper insurances and contracts. And, and uh, I would say it's the paperwork. And it's also about making sure you always try to do the right thing. And that's not easy. And I think after 37 years, it's kind of from the first day is if you try to do the right thing, then uh, in any situation, it, it tends to put you on the right path. Yeah. You know, um, I think a lot of people that listen to your podcast, they want to understand, you know, how you approach things. Do you have maybe some, some key things that, that you could boil down on what to be successful in business? specifics? Well, you know, I think the business 
you know, it's not just having a great idea. And it's not, a, it's not just about having funding for this great idea. Uh, you know, it's critical to build a team. And I think one of the things that we have been fortunate, uh, both LMG and ETP in our, our, our brands, is to have incredibly awesome people. And uh, I think people are the uh, building blocks of success. And if, if we can foster those people and grow them and, uh, and make sure they understand expectations and the philosophy, uh, I think that is one of those super important elements. And every one of those people has a certain component where they have to be leaders. And uh, so many businesses are devoid of leadership. And, uh, and those, those people have to know when it's time to lead. And they also have to know when it's time to stay, stand to the side and let whoever is leading, let them go. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we have to understand the, the formula of success. And uh, it's about putting the right people in the right roles on the right day and letting them have the keys and letting them drive. And uh, I know there's things that I'm really good at and things that I'm not really good at. And one of the things that's great in our working relationship is I know that and things that, are, that you're really good at, I just step out of the way because I just know you're going to be great at taking care of it. And so I think one of the things that people get is in business, they kind of feel like their power and authority and control, they feel like... Uh, you know, that, that they have to make every decision and they may not be positioned or have the knowledge to make every decision. I think one of the smartest things is, is, is getting smarter people around you than yourself and assembling a team of, of really smart people in, in a lot of different areas that complement each other. And ultimately, when you put them in a room, they combust in a way that's productive. And, and to me, that is, that's a great solution to, to creating success. You know, there's so much power in what you just said, too, because I think a lot of people, a lot of leaders look for qualities of themselves in a candidate. And I've seen you do this over the years where you look for people that are that are got different skill set than you do, as you said. And when you bring everyone together, it's very powerful. But let's go back a little bit um, back to the early days. When did you first realize that the business was taking off? Because most small businesses they, they fell in the first couple of years. So when did you realize that, that the business was successful? You know, a long time ago, and I'm going to say this was probably uh, in its, I'm going to guess 86, 87, something in that time period. There we were doing closed circuit boxing events where we would bring a satellite dish and a, and a video projector and people would pay $25 and go to a, a venue and we would put on a, a show for some closed circuit boxing event or, or some special event. And I was in Tampa, Florida, and I was being hired to do, I think, six locations for one of these boxing events. And I sat as a probably a 20-year-old, and I sat in front of a customer, and his name was Phil Alessi, and he owned a business in Tampa called Alessi Bakeries. What a great man. And I had convinced them to hire us to do this work. And I'll never forget, he gave me a check for $50,000 as a deposit. And uh, this was uh, a new level of life, uh, of business, that when I got that check, I was on cloud 10 and I had thought, wow, $50,000. And this was in 1987. And so I rushed to the bank and I went to set up an account and I uh, went to the cashier, the, the teller, and 
I said to him, is this a good check? And I was almost in disbelief. And the teller looked at it and said, this is absolutely a good, a good check. And I put it in my account. And I said, could you please put it in as cash? And I thought the sky was the limit. I said, if people would pay me to do what I love to do, this kind of money, I thought anything is possible. That's awesome. You know, um, yeah, I, brought, I brought your book here and you can see it's well marked up. I've, I've read this like many times and I was looking at it this morning and there's a chapter in there that talks about how failure is a part of success. So what have you learned about failure? So failure is like, you know, one of the toughest things. It's kind of like getting a punch in the gut. And, um, you know, I see failure as not delivering as per your expectations to your customer. And one of the most important things in business is to always do as you say and execute. And, and our, our, our mantra is flawless execution. That's what we go for. And if something doesn't go right, you know, you're experiencing failure. Now, there's different kinds of failure. There is failure where a piece of equipment failed, and that's outside of your control. And then there's failure where a person that you provided maybe pushed the wrong button and didn't operate something correctly. That's human error. It's a lot easier to accept. It's still not fun to accept uh, a piece of equipment failing. And, and what did you do as a backup plan or how did you overcome the obstacle? But it's even worse and more challenging to accept that human error, people made a mistake. And uh, I, you know, for, for at least the first 20 years of a business when something didn't go right, it was such a Debbie Downer. This Debbie Downer lasted for months. And uh, it, would, it would just take the air out of the room. And uh, all you could think about is what could we have done differently to not have that situation uh, occur? And so failure is this great opportunity to learn. You learn what you've done wrong, so you don't do it again. And then conversely, if you don't learn from your failures, then you are, you're going to obviously repeat them again. And, uh, and that's another set of frustrations. And then there's a part of failure that is, if you don't take enough risk, then, then, and you don't experience failure, then, and you live in the world of success, then you really can't appreciate it. So you can't do great things without taking risk. And that risk has a failure component. And there are circumstances with, beyond your control that absolutely could impact, impact the outcome. And thus, you know, Failure is something that everyone who does great things has to deal with. You know, um, 37 years, ups and downs. Uh, it's, some days are smoothing, smooth sailing and some days are a little rougher. This past year has been a rough one. So what gets you through like, the big challenges, uh, things like we've faced in the last 12 months? You know... Um, I could never have dreamed had coming off of 2019, which was absolutely the best year ever. And, uh, you know, we were operating, all of our cylinders were percolating and, and we were, uh, the sky was the limit. We could do nothing wrong in 2019. Um, it, it seems we were so fortunate. And uh, to experience a black swan event, a once in a lifetime or, or every hundred year flood or, or pandemic, you know, this concept was almost unthinkable to a person like me. And so um, we were very fortunate 
to not be in the position of many of our competitors where, you know, a lot of them are, are debt laden and, and that put them in a, a really, really, really tough financial situation. But, but ultimately, there's a kind of a bigger concept here. You just have to believe down deep in your core that we're going to get back to doing what we do, what we love to do, what we live for. And, and we live for that applause. And the experience that we're creating, the spectacle, the environments that we do, and if uh, you know they're not taking wrecking balls to convention centers yet, so I'm I'm, I'm truly a believer when we get through this pandemic, i.e., like the Spanish flu in uh, you know right before in the 1920 or 1918, uh, then then the years to follow were the Roaring Twenties. We're going to have the Roaring 2022s, and we're going to roar again, and so. I think um, you come in every day without real strong expectations that you're not sure what's going to happen, you know, the uh, good, bad, or other, but you have to keep forging ahead. You have to continue with a, a plan and you have to work the plan and you have to get everybody on board to understand expectations. Um, and this time of COVID, you know, whether how you sell, how you communicate, how you create all your different product offerings. Uh, you know, we have a whole suite of virtual offerings that have come out of this that when we go back to doing live and we are going back to doing live, our, our live starts this weekend and uh, shows are starting to book. And we'll have all these virtual offerings to combine with all of our physical live offerings. So we, we, it's, it's like an expansion of the things that we, we can offer to our customers. But... I think the, the ability to be optimistic in the worst of times, when you turn on the news and all you see is how many people died and how many cases there are and how the world's ending, and, and you just have to believe in uh, whether it's a higher power or uh, the idea that we're going to get back to doing what we love. And uh, I, I'm naturally an optimistic person, and uh, I try to... Uh, you know, even when I get, uh, how do I said, uh, hit on the head with a hammer with something that I could not have expected, it doesn't matter. You have to get up and uh, brush yourself off and forge ahead. And uh, I don't know if I'd be this happy if I didn't have my, my solace of going to the gym. And uh, uh, there's a few things in life. Uh, and the gym is one of my, the, you know, the way they call it, the happy place. That's my happy place. You know, that's... Um, uh a real good segue into the last question I wanted to ask you. And this is a question that I've heard you ask countless people over the years. So are you ready for it? Yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> what makes you happy? You know, uh, I think happiness uh, can be broken down into a lot of different pieces. You know, the happiness that you have with your family and your kids and, 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 and seeing them succeed. And then the happiness you have uh, in your relationships, whether your personal relationships. But, but if you ask me what makes me happy on a work uh, perspective, happiness for me is able to do the work that we love, to take care of our clients, to provide the best technology and put on the best shows, shows that uh, border on the line of spectacle, that have many different technologies, many opportunities for or what I would say points of failure. And, uh, you know, that spirit where Barnum and Bailey said the show must go on, 
Uh, that is alive and well in this company and in me. And I, I think being happy is the, the ultimately the, it boils down to one thing. I'm happy when I make other people happy. And if I am able to make someone else happy, it brings me happiness. And all of those pieces are fit into that one little formula. And so uh, I'm happy to be able to provide, uh, you know, uh, a team and, 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 and a staff and try to create a happy environment for those people. And they take that out and deliver exceptional experiences for our clients. And uh, happiness isn't one specific thing. It's a combination of many things all coming together. And on some days, you know, there are more, you know, pieces that are good. Other days, there are fewer ones when we work through challenges. But, um, you know, you have to believe that the good will overcome evil. Les, you're one of the most optimistic people I've ever met. So, listen, congratulations, 37 years. Amazing. Dave, thank you for uh, filling in for me today and uh, and letting me express... uh, some of my thoughts for 37 years and you know there'll be many more to come and this is les goldberg and the road ahead <laughs>